Hey, I want to welcome you to the Disciple Making Church podcast, and we are so excited that you're joining us again this month. And if you're new to our podcast, man, we welcome you. We're glad that you have uh, come along as well. This is really uh, kind of a place where you can uh, find out all things about disciple making in a local church. And so uh, today I'm hosting, my name's Ken Adams, and I'm the uh, uh, founder and director of Impact Ministries and also uh, the uh, lead pastor at Crossroads Church in Noonan, Georgia. And joining me today is Lance Sumner. And Lance uh, is a part of our uh, small group leadership team, but also is part of our uh, impact consultant team. And so, Lance, good to have you, man. Yes, sir. Things going good for you? Yeah, outstanding. Fantastic, man. Well, that's good. You ready to talk all things small groups? Yes, sir. Good, good, good. So, uh, so uh, here at uh, Crossroads Church, uh, small groups are a big deal, right? Very much so. And, in fact, uh, I have uh, uh, really been uh, sort of a, a passionate about seeing our church be a church that has uh, – not just a church with small groups, but a small group church. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been at that now for uh, going on 34 years. And uh, around here, there's a statement that people have heard uh, quite a bit. Do you know what that statement is? Everybody needs to be in a small group. Everybody needs to be in a small group, man. And so, uh, so in fact, uh, the truth is, Lance, people are kind of tired of hearing it <laughs> <laughs> because we talk about it so much. But it's really, really true. And... Uh, and so today we're going to really just sort of unpack yeah. uh, the reasons why uh, people need to be in a small group. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so we'll lay that out. We'll talk about really not not all the reasons. We'll talk about some of those key reasons. And then we'll turn the corner a little bit and we'll talk about what does small group ministry look like here uh, in our church. Because it can look a little bit differently uh, in different places. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll wrap that up by sharing uh, with all the people who are watching today and maybe even later, uh, some upcoming opportunities that we yeah. have through Impact Ministries. So, yes, uh, uh, so let's start with this first idea that uh, uh, we do believe that uh, uh, everybody needs to be in a small group because first and foremost, because Jesus had a small group yeah, and he is our model. But one of the reasons that we, uh, we like to say that everybody needs to be in a small group is because a small group is the ideal place for care it is tell us about why that is true in your opinion well i mean if you're not in a small group uh, you can get lost in the in the numbers of the church Hmm. uh, to a certain extent Uh, small groups are typically uh, especially our impact groups are six to twelve i mean Mm -hmm. uh, with that smaller number it's a more intimate relationship Mm -hmm. Uh, you know more about each other you you're you're doing life together and uh, in a big crowd, it's sometimes difficult to share your struggles, share your needs. And, and uh, just it, it's easy for especially people that may be introverted right. to just pull back and, and be in the shadows right. rather than actually doing life on life together. Yeah. So that's why, to me, it's a really an ideal place for care because you're actually doing life together, uh, having relationships with people in the church. It's really the place that you get connected yeah, and, and and that's why to me it's yeah. really the ideal place to for for care to happen. Yeah, you know, Lance, I think about the uh, the passage in Acts chapter two where it talks about uh, talks about the early church in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and it says that they were meeting together uh, in houses. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that it says is is that they 
shared with each other, uh, took care of each other's needs. And the, the, the problem with a large group is, is that in a large group, it's hard to know what other people's needs are. Mm-hmm. But in a small group, the, the size of the crowd makes it totally possible mm-hmm. for you to know what other people are struggling with, mm-hmm. what they're grow, going through, but also uh, what's, what, what good things are happening in a person's life. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, even in a, well, let's put it this way, regardless of the size of the church, mm-hmm. whether it's a church of, you know, 75 people or a church of 7,000 people, mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot, once you get to a certain size, mm-hmm. it's impossible to be able to hear from everybody, and it's impossible to be able to know everybody's needs. And in fact, in a large group, you kind of can lose track who's there from week to week. Yes, but it never happens in a small group. It does doesn't, it. And, and, and you know, there, if there's an empty chair in a small group, everybody knows there's an empty chair. Um, the the other thing too, I was listening to to one podcast this week from Focus on the Family. It's talking about how people that just come to church, you know, the church is supposed to be there for each other to build each other up, and it's amazing to him how many people, uh, you know, all of a sudden he he's like they're getting a divorce, mm. and he's like, why didn't we know this? Well, they're not in a small group. Yeah. And, and we could have helped them. We could have been there for them. Yeah. In a small group setting, they're more likely to open up about stuff yeah. um, that uh, may, may may not be seen in a bigger crowd, too, and yeah. and, and, and be needing help and yeah. be, be available for help. Yeah, perfect example. You know, it's funny. I, I was in a small group earlier this morning. You were, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in a small group with a group of men. And what's interesting is, is as soon as the group started, uh, the conversation led to... Uh, where are the two or three guys that we're missing today? Mm. And that would never happen on a weekend. Mm-mm. They would never say, we're so-and-so and so-and-so. But the very first thing we said was, we're so-and-so and we're so-and-so. And that's because we care mm-hmm. and they care. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got small kids, right? You got a uh, a son that's how old? Ten. He's ten. So do you want that? Ch- do you want your son to be in a classroom uh, with a smaller teacher-pupil-student ratio or a larger one? You want them to be in a smaller because they're going to get more individual attention. That's exactly And, right. uh, you know, just a shout-out uh, to one of our teachers here at TC. We happened to miss this past Sunday. And Miss uh, Kendra uh, sent a note to yeah. my son and said, your, your smile and your leadership was missed. Wow. I know it's one Sunday, but you were missed this week. Wow. It was noticed. Mm-hmm. And, and that made him feel extra wow. special at home, too. You know, and I'm so glad you said that because, you know, sometimes we, we think about our small group ministry in terms of the adult side. But mm-hmm. you know what, man? Uh, there is a, when, when you have a small uh, children's group with a very, uh, you know, faithful, reliable, dependable uh, person teaching or mm-hmm. leading that group, the impact that that person makes on a child's life it is. is incredible. It is. It's incredible. So good shout out there. So the second thing we say, Lance, is that we say that uh, that a small group is the ideal place for care, but we also say that the small group is the ideal place for growth. Mm-hmm. So what, what's what's your thought on that? Well, it goes back to what you just said about the, the children's ministry. It's the ratio mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, of even a... a I like to call small group uh, leaders as as really facilitators 
of conversation more so than teaching guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Sunday school model I grew up with is one person does the lesson and it turns mm-hmm. into another preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, in small groups, the way we try to lead it is everybody's participating in conversation and opening mm-hmm. up. So, so they're really facilitating conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's a good place for growth because the, the leader to, to student ratio is more intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, and, and more people open up and start talking as trust is built because it's a whole lot easier to build trust right. with a group with a small number rather than being in a big crowd and, and feel like you might be judged or something. Uh, after the weeks of building trust and building relationship, more somebody's more uh, inclined to open up with what they're dealing with right. and have and help having the group or the group leader address it mm-hmm. in a small group setting rather than a, a big group setting. Yeah, that's really good. You know, there, there, there's a reason why in just about every venue you can think about, from athletics to uh, to the military to you know. Is it they always uh, they always train in small groups, mm-hmm. and that's because the accountability, the encouragement, the uh, the the ability to process and think through new information and content and all that, it's so much more effective and so much more efficient when you're doing it in a smaller context of you know anywhere from six to twelve people. Uh, you just learn so much better in a small group than you do. In a large group, it's mm-hmm. uh, because you take it to another level. In that large group, it's pretty much just you're you're hearing, and that's all. But when you're in that smaller group, you're not only hearing, but you're beginning to apply it because you're able to discuss it. It's funny that you mentioned about the military. I Me mean, being former military, and it's you know we'll have battalions, then we'll have units, but then the units have squads. Mm. And, and so that you can almost take that to the mindset of the church. We have yeah. big big yeah. church, and then we have smaller, I mean, divided into different ministries, mm-hmm. and then we have small groups within those ministries of one-on-one. And even coaching baseball here at Crossroads, mm-hmm. uh, I have 13 kids. Mm-hmm. But when we do our training, we split up in groups of four, yeah. and that really is a small group with the teacher as we're, and, and, and they get it more. Yeah. You can teach more to an individual person unless you, and, and if if you had all 13 yeah. at one time, you can't do the individual training. Right. And, you know, which goes back and is a great reminder that when you think about the fact that, you know, Jesus would, he would, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus mm-hmm. is teaching a large crowd of mm-hmm. people. And at times he'd have as many as four or 5,000 people mm-hmm. in a crowd. And, and Jesus was clearly teaching there. It was a transferring of information but it's interesting that when he would pull away with his mm-hmm. small group, they would oftentimes debrief what they had he had talked about in the large group. He would teach in parables, and then he'd get along with his disciples and say, they'd say, tell us what that meant. Or, mm. or he would say, let me explain to you what that parable meant. So, so, you know, the best example that we have is the fact that Jesus was trying to help a group of guys go from what we would call untrained seekers mm-hmm. to fully trained disciples. Mm-hmm. And if Jesus himself knew the best way for people to grow spiritually was in a context of a small group, then how can we not have small groups mm-hmm. as a part of the disciple-making process and the spiritual growth process? And yet what's amazing, Lance, is that there are actually some churches that have little to no 
um, small group environments at all. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the problem is there, man? Uh, you know, different... Uh The biggest thing that I I see, one of the statements that I often see is a lot of pastors have been discipled how to do church, Mm. not make disciples. Mm. And um, that's part of the problem. And that's part of this transition process in the mentality. Mm. I was one. That's why I can say it. Mm. Um, But I I think that's part of the problem. Um, And and people are, uh, I, I think... It's a pride thing too, an ego mm-hmm. thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, of uh, that, it may be on the pastor not enabling somebody and trusting them and, and releasing them mm-hmm. um, because they haven't equipped them mm-hmm. to release them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also from the standpoint of some people uh, might not want to be a part of a small group because mm-hmm. they know. Yeah. They know I'm yeah. transformation and growth is going to yeah. happen, and I'm going to have to be real. Yeah, uh, and I'll be ex- my sin will be exposed. Yeah, in yeah, the process. That's good. that's good. I think those are all really good examples of of why some churches just are resistant, and some churches are very pulpit centric. You mm-hmm. know, where it's all revolves around a personality rather than on equipping saints to do the mm-hmm. work of ministry. So that brings us to a third part of this. Uh, uh, ants or this question why or why does everybody need to be in a small group it's the best ideal place for care it is really the ideal place for growth but it is also the ideal place for uh, character transformation mm-hmm. right and so uh, why would we say that uh, character is developed better in a large group I mean in a small group than in a large group why would we say that well, it's again, it's easier to get in a large group setting. It's easier to get lost in the crowd. Uh, you know, when you're one on one and and doing the character, I mean, the far, part of character transformation occurs because people get to see, in a sense, sooner, sooner or later. If you're meeting for a bunch of weeks, sooner or later, the real you is going to show up right. in a conversation, or um, the 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 your character is going to be exposed, maybe how you handled a situation. Right. Um, so so. That's one thing we say. Uh, one of the one of the four C's to, to small groups is correction. Mm-hmm. Um, for transformation to cor- occur, we have to be corrected, and uh, I'm going to be more receptive to being corrected mm-hmm. with somebody I have, have built up a relationship with. Mm-hmm. In a large group so- setting, if somebody sees me respond to somebody and they have no relationship with yeah. me and they just come up, "Hey, Lance, yeah. why'd you say it like that?" Yeah, that's going to be a totally. I'm I'm not going to receive it. Right. As much as much as I would if me and you in a small group right. uh, have been building relationship together right. and had fellowship together, and you're speaking truth because you've you've built up right. equity in my right. life. That's right. Uh, to to actually speak that truth in love, you got a little relational change yes. in your pocket. Yes. yes. And you know I think also too it's important to know that that it is in the context of that small group mm-hmm. where personalities come out, mm-hmm. and that's where. Uh, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, uh, have to be on display. Yes. Or uh, you'll you'll drive each other crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we you know we joke about this sometimes that when you travel with somebody you do one of two things you either uh, work through your distance or you kill each other right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so you know uh, when you are closer to somebody in proximity. And you spend a regular amount of time together, but also you're close enough to each other. That's where the good and the bad mm-hmm. come out. And so, uh, if you think about it, all of the fruit of the spirit are best 
develop in the context of personalities. Well, and I love the quote that uh, you, we, we share with the Wing Church from uh, Billy Graham. Uh, how, how yes, Jesus had big crowds, right. but the greatest impact that he had was in small groups. Right. And uh, even he said, there's not too many churches actually doing this. Right. And uh, this is coming from a guy that was all about big groups. In small groups. And, but the greatest groups, impact, yeah. he says, is with 10 to 12. Absolutely. So the last thing that we want to look at is the fact that small groups are also uh, really the ideal, uh, ideal way to make disciples in the context of a local church, to be a disciple-making church. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we say that because if, uh, if you're truly wanting to be a disciple-making church, then the, there is small groups are a part of an overall process to get people to go from untrained to fully trained. And so that, that small group environment becomes an integral part of that whole disciple-making process, which brings us to mm-hmm. another part I want to talk about, and that is, what does it look like in our church? Because one of the reasons for this podcast is that we're trying to give people uh, some very practical hands-on, this is what it looks mm-hmm. like. And so uh, here in our church, we have a lot of people uh, have only been a part of a few of them, but we really actually have four different types of small groups. Mm-hmm. So uh, talk us through some of those, and then I'll... Well, one of them is our discovery groups. Okay. Uh, discovery groups are actually to, to in a sense, are an outreach group. That's right. Now we somebody open one of our church members opens up their home, and maybe one mm-hmm. of us as pastors may come and help mm-hmm. lead that um, to reach their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they make they may would come to their home, but not come to our church. Yeah. So that's one of them. Um, the other one would have been one of the support groups. Yeah. Recovery uh, that, group. recovery mm-hmm. support or recovery groups that we have mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights and. Uh, you know, some some people before they're ready to jump in a small group or intent uh, in, intentional discipling group, mm-hmm. they just got some stuff they need to work out. Right. And uh, so that's what our support and recovery groups are for. Um, then we have community groups. Um, community groups are really um, we call them our easy onboarding mm-hmm. uh, areas. Uh, when somebody's new to the church, they're easy on ramps mm-hmm. um, to, to get them connected, to get them uh, feeling part of the church, to get them connected to people. Because, uh, you know, people are going to come because of personal invite. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to stay because they get connected. Mm. And uh, so that's what the, the and then we have our impact, uh, impact groups. And that's really where the intentional discipling comes from Mm -hmm. um one thing that i I say when i'm when when i'm sharing with them is is now all the impact groups are open i mean all all groups are open impact groups are only open for for like the first section Mm -hmm. and then we want to become closed so we can actually build that relationship and build that trust to speak and gain equity to speak in truth in somebody's life right so but the other ones are always open Right. Uh, for for easy on ramps to get yeah. people involved, and uh, I, that's really what small groups really become the ideal section. They're not the, um, they're 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 never the end goal to have a small group. They're the means to the end. Right. They really drive the mission. That's right. Uh, of help, we want to help people uh, have all their spiritual needs met, and the one way to do that and and disciple them what it means to look like. And uh, have the character and conduct of Christ right. being yeah. built, yeah. and uh, really, it's continually helping move people right. to grow in Christ. 
Yeah, it does drive the mission of the church. And since since we walk through that real fast, let me let yeah, me sorry. fill. In. No, that's good. You did you did exactly <laughs> what we wanted. But you know, when we do that discovery group that yeah. we use as an outreach, those are those are usually uh, four, five, six weeks in length. Uh, they they don't they're not ongoing groups. Although people get connected from those groups, they come to our our church usually our weekend services. A result of that, we do usually something like a, a marriage type uh, group or parenting or finance or or uh, you know um, you know body you know uh, physical management that kind of thing you know health kind of thing. That's what I'm trying to say. And so then the recovery groups the recovery groups are for uh, really specific needs that people have, either mm-hmm. divorce recovery or an addiction support group, or uh, you know, survivors of suicide. Things that are very s- specific needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, those um, we want people to graduate from. We yeah. don't want people to stay in there yeah. forever. We want people to get healed and then move on. Uh, and then our community groups are really places for growth and care. They're they're more general they tend to be couples mm-hmm. but we also have men's and women's groups and sometimes they study the sermon from the weekend sometimes they might study an approved curriculum that mm-hmm. we have here but then when we get people to the impact group so the impact group is really a set curriculum that drives the mission of our church and we would say it really is ministry training mm-hmm. so it's not just deeper life it's not mm-hmm. just mastering spiritual disciplines it's really the equipping track that helps people to learn what it means to live like jesus and to lead like jesus Mm -hmm. and that is actually out of that impact curriculum that's where we develop our future leaders Mm -hmm. and that's why we say that it is a part of the overall mission of the church Mm -hmm. so um so that really is why everybody needs to be in a small, small group. group. That's right. So, uh, so from um, hopefully uh, people will uh, be able to benefit from that. And then we actually have a blog coming out this next week uh, on everything we just talked about. If you mm-hmm. want to follow through with that, hear a little bit more in that, obviously you can contact us at impactdisciples.com. You can share this with some other people that you know in your church or maybe mm-hmm. that are involved in ministry where you're at. And uh, we, we are more than happy to come alongside churches and help them uh, figure out a little bit more about uh, how small groups become an integral part of a disciple-making church. Yes, sir. So a couple of things that we have coming up uh, in the next few months. Uh, first of all, we have a, a brand-new resource that we just, uh, just have... Uh, just are releasing and just now introducing. Uh, it's another 30 days book. We have a series of books that are called uh, 30 Days, and uh, they are great for a staff yes, and for a leadership team to go through. Our newest resource is called The First 30 Days to Becoming a Disciple-Making Pastor. And so uh, it is just a, a, a simple, easy-to-read, easy-to-use, uh, day-by-day uh, really a great study and encouragement for uh, for a potential pastor, but also for an existing pastor who's saying, what does it look like for mm-hmm. me to lead my church 
to becoming a disciple-making church. And then uh, you actually, you want to mention something about this? Uh, yeah, th- th- this is a good one. Uh, for those that are new to the idea of small groups yeah. or, or uh, pastors or churches that may be confused how to implement small groups, uh, we have this, uh, this uh, um, tool uh, called Small Group Essentials. It's a four-week study of uh, of just how to do small groups and how they impact how they impact the church and what small groups look like and uh, how small groups help make disciples uh, so that's a great tool and we actually use it here with our small group leaders too just to show them too how to do small groups and and the yeah. impact that it would have so we got some curriculum and some resources we also have some training coming up yes and so you're about to start a disciple making pastors online equipping group right yeah may 10th may 10th may and 10th so, is that going to start may to may to the end of june and so give them a little idea of what that looks like how does that work and uh, well how can it, they sign up they can go to impactdisciples.com it's a uh, seven weeks uh seven weeks on zoom uh you don't have to travel to us we mm-hmm. we get to meet all on zoom mm-hmm. and uh it, we go over the six priorities of what it means to be the sophomore making pastor mm-hmm. so we really go cover the third of days but it's really an intimate setting of us building upon each other, what we, how it applies to the context of our ministry, and uh, it, it had one yesterday, and it was a great conversation. The 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 of uh, the conviction and also growth. Mm. Uh, some some of the st- stuff maybe pe- stuff people already know, mm-hmm. but we need reminded to implement it in our lives. Yeah, and there is a suggested donation for that to yes. help out with the cost, but cost will never get in the way yes. of somebody joining and being a part of that. And so uh, you can go find out more about that on uh, impactdisciples.com uh, as well. And then finally is we've got some uh, disciple-making church seminars coming up. Yes, uh, uh, I'll be doing one in uh, Conyers, which is in the Atlanta area, on uh, April the 29th. And so uh, you can, again, go to our website to sign up, register for that, bring a group of people with you if you want to. It's going to be a great opportunity for you to come and learn more about uh, how did Jesus literally start uh, a movement that would become the church that is a disciple-making movement? And you'll be doing one in Alabama. Where are you the same day. Same day. Uh, right. We're, we're going right. to be doing disciple-making church as well. Uh, they can sign up on impactdisciples.com. Uh, we're going to be at Greenbrier Baptist Church in mm-hmm. Anniston, Alabama. Uh, so they can sign up the same way. We're going to go over defining the target, going over the strategy that Jesus mm-hmm. used, and and just how to have the right disciple making groups and and you know lead, the important yeah. leadership strategy. Yeah. It's good. Um, I wish I'd learned it honestly mm-hmm. in seminary, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it, I'm so thankful that uh, to, to have been discipled to, and been been taught this. I think it can have a great impact yeah. on a lot of churches. Absolutely, I believe that too. Well, thanks for joining me, man. Yes, sir. Uh, talking about uh, small groups, and thank you uh, for joining us again this month as we uh, just continue to sort of dive into what does it look like to not just be a church uh, with discipleship, mm. but to truly be a disciple-making church. Amen. So uh, share this with as many people as you can, and we will see you again next month.